Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mr. Pop. Necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. What is going on? Your morning cup of sports here on RadioAFS.com, Fatboy Media, DRCP Army, Farmer Media. That's right, Farmer Media. Man, I know it's been a minute since we've been around, been kicking the, some stones, playing with some bunnies, some vidges, doing what we do here on your morning cup of sports. And you know what? This is Farmer's first time running in here and no B. Wonder what kind of messery Farmer can do. I know our fans have missed us. I have tremendously missed you from the bottom of my cold black Heart. It looks like somebody is already here to chop it up with me. Let's see who it is, and let's start the uh, fuckery here on your morning cup of sports. Good morning, and you're live here on your morning cup of sports. Who's this? Good morning. Let's see what we can fuck with next. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Trucker JJ? What's up, brother? Not much. I was basically just calling to listen in. I just forgot to send y'all a message on that. That I really oh, no, you need to be bring me on. Brian, you know, he he's playing with some bunny rabbits and and uh, everything else like that. So uh, why not cause the, a little messery without him, right? I like the way you think. First way you hey, think is going to get both in trouble. You, you know, we got to do right. what we got to do, <laughs> and we will do it well. We will do it in a memorable fashion. Yeah, exactly. So, JJ, <laughs> it's been a minute since uh, we've been on here and and uh, definitely been, uh, you know, we haven't got your take on the catch or no catch um, where it was your Pittsburgh Steelers playing the, uh, um, you know, the, the uh, New England Cheaterite Patriots. Um, I kind of want to get your take on it and uh, – I will kind of give you mine. Here's the thing. Within the way that the rule is written and what they called, it was, they made the right call that it was an incomplete catch. However, the thing is, after he had gotten possession of the ball, he did make a football move towards the end zone. Then his knee was down. At that point, it should have, and then he was touched as he went in the end zone with the ball still up in, the, in his hands, but it hadn't hit the ground yet. At that point, it should have either been a catch down one-yard line, or since he wasn't touched until he went in the end zone and broke the plane since he was moving into the end zone. Therefore, it should have been a touchdown. Now, here's the beautiful thing. The touchdown that won New England the Super Bowl, about the same thing. 
Monday right. night, right after that. Here we go again. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Atlanta or if it was um, uh, Tampa. Same play, and it was called a touchdown. So what they need to do is figure out what in the hell they're doing. You know, what, and they need to call it more consistently. If they're going to call it like that, now on the side of the end zone and on the back of the end zone, when a receiver does the, you know, very barely gets his feeding browns, then it, the rule strictly says he has to maintain control of the ball all the way to the ground. But Correct, sir. once you at the front of the end zone, once that ball breaks the plane, touchdown. And that's right. my argument with it. And, of course, what? guess what happened a week later in the Patriots game? Same thing, except theirs was ruled a touchdown. The runner breaks the play right. end zone, falls down inside, ball falls out, but he had possession going into the end zone. So the refs screwed up, and they know they screwed up. And here's a beautiful thing. When was the last time the NFL and their officiating group Mention something on that game day. Never happened before. It's generally on a Monday. They'll ask, you know, they'll go over it and go over it and say, yeah, this is the call that should have been made, or we got it right, we got it wrong, whatever. Right. But well, they well, screwed they, up. They I, know I like they screwed call, up. What's I your like take? To, to call them, sir, uh, Monday morning quarterback. And that is definitely a show I'm, I'm curious of doing. It's a Monday. It's a one-day show where, where you know, where where people can actually go and and talk about these these uh, plays that should or shouldn't have been called, you know. Um, but it, it, here's here here's my thing, JJ. Is mm-hmm. I, I I watched that game with a few Pittsburgh Steelers fans and and everything else like that. And they're like, oh my god, this is a catch. I'm like, well, technically, if you're playing college football, yes, that was. And, and would be considered a catch, but player has to, um, you know, ha- have possession of the ball, uh, deem himself as a uh, as a runner, has to have full control of the ball when he goes down. Now there are other pitchers out there, JJ, and I'm sure you, being a Steeler fan, you saw them where his hand was directly under the ball where then the ball did not actually touch the ground, sir. Yeah, until he, got, until he switched his hand and rolled it over. So initially, that was the thing, which is my other complaint, that, that the ball, his hand was underneath the ball, and when it first hit the ground, and then it rolled over, right. and then it rolled out. So there is no way... You're going to, you know, unless you're going to show me a rule book that I haven't, or a rule I haven't found yet, because we went and looked it up, and it was like, yeah, we got screwed. It was, it was not really a screw job, it's just they screwed it up. Right. Okay. It, and there's nothing there to reverse the call. So, therefore, they made the wrong call. Oh, yeah, there's a right. say, yeah, okay. Maybe she left it alone because there was nothing to say it wasn't a touchdown. Right. You know what I mean? Right, JJ. But you know, here here's the thing. You know, let let's play a little devil's advocate. Uh Um, what was this uh, three years ago? Four, three years ago, I'm guessing. Um, where Des Bryant was was playing against um the 
Detroit Lions where he caught it, but they said it wasn't a catch. In my eyes, and for as many times as I reviewed that play, Des Bryant caught that ball. Mm-hmm. And, and But still to this day, you know, everyone's saying that that wasn't a catch, that wasn't a catch. You know, here's the thing is when these plays come down to winning or losing or something like that, there needs to be some due diligence. And, and I don't feel that the catch um, that the – uh, I, I don't remember the uh, wide, wide receiver. I'm sure you do, JJ, for 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 Pittsburgh. Um, JJ, you should remember Jesse okay. James. <laughs> right, JJ. Well, no, I, I can remember JJ now because of you. But I don't feel that the referees, either in New York and or in there at the stadium, took long enough to make that call. It was one commercial break and they figured it out. I feel that somewhere down, somewhere in the line, something needs to be done. Yes, they want to speed up the NFL. They, they want to make it go fast. They don't want replay to, to, to interfere with, with the speed of the game. But in this particular instance, I believe that they should have taken as much time as they wanted because they didn't have much time left on the clock. Um, and they should have made the right call. And in my eyes, they didn't make that right call. That's you, me, Steeler Nation. Anybody who's going to look at it objectively are going to come up with the same thing. Right. But, you know, uh, and, and me, you know, and me being a Niner fan, which I believe, you know, most of the listeners here uh, know that I'm a Niner fan. I'm not a Steeler fan. And, and I even call it rough on my own team. I'm more lenient, JJ, um, as we know on on uh, on, on on other teams uh, besides my own. Um, but there there needs to be something done in the NFL to uh, stop um, teams from being robbed of of potentially you know hosting every single game there in Pittsburgh. Right. Of course, historically, when we're we start out with a number one seed, you know, it hasn't worked out real well. So, you know, the thing well, is, my I, argument has been for, for the last couple of years to be considered the team in the AFC, you need to beat New England, and you need to beat them both at your place and it's and at theirs. What right. and the Steelers have not done that. Now, and the thing is, until they do that, now, what you do is when you go up there to New England, you never know what you're going to deal with. And I'm not talking about the the players. Okay. Well, right. when we went up there a couple of years ago, you know, they were running the team, the, the, the game, through the Steelers' headsets. And you're going right. to try to tell me that was an act. And then, of course, it mysteriously stopped the minute they called a rep over. You know, and then, of course, you've got, all right, it's already foggy, so let's have a halftime show with fireworks. Okay, that brought the visibility I, down. So there's a lot of crap that you got to deal with. So you have to beat them. you got to, and they've shown this year they, ha- they can be beaten. 
we should have beat them. Miami seems to have their number. Right. You know, so they're not the juggernaut that they have been or people think they are. Well, but right. they are a good, solid team. And let's, let's you know, give, give the devil his due. But, you know, well, I, 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 I never like to do that, brother. Team. You know that 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 that's like me telling that that that's like me me saying that the uh, Rams are are the uh, juggernaut here in the West now, and I I, I just can't do that, my man. Hey, hold hold on to the line here, JJ. We got another caller. I believe that that the people have missed their morning cup of sports, and and there's been little messery here. So uh, give me just one second, JJ. We're gonna bring on the All next right. caller. <clears throat> Caller, you're live. Thank you for calling your morning cup of sports here on Radio AFS, Fat Boy Media, DRCP Army, and uh, Farmer Media. Who's this? Ah, uh, this is Big T Stream Sports. What's going on? You sound real uh, professional. Babe, baby cakes. How you doing? How you oh, doing? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm good, brother. I'm I'm good. I've I, I've kind of missed the the airwaves. I've I, I've missed. I've missed the big T. I've missed uh, the uh, trucker, and this is going to be the last show of, of the uh, of the year here for uh, for your morning cup of sports. So it, it's nice to to have the key contributors to the show uh, calling in here. Why uh, B Evans is uh, taking a snooze or a nap or playing with a rabbit or or uh, <laughs> eating his um, penis shaped donut. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure what he's doing, but uh, I, I could not let this show go to the wayside because it is the uh, season finale, year finale. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about this on your show there, Big T, and and uh, JJ was, was kind of telling me his feelings and his thoughts and, and uh, everything else like that. But what is your feeling about the uh, catch or no catch from uh, – JJ, I believe uh, Shazir, um, uh, there um, in uh, Schittsburg. Uh, yeah, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse James, dude. Jesse James, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, what's going on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get this Niner fan turned around and get squared away one of these days. I tell you, ain't gonna happen, yeah. brother. Not gonna uh, happen, gentlemen. That was a catch. Because before he even um, dropped the ball, and you look at slow motion, he had full control of the ball when he caught it. He turned around and made a play. Then when he he was crossing over the plane, the ball crossed over the plane before he he even hit the ground. Worst case scenario, he should have took they should have took the ball if they felt like he uh, was down, put the ball in the one yard line because it was a full completed catch. Uh, when he made his rotation and turned around and you go in slow motion and look at the tape, the ball crossed the plane, was going down past the plane, there is a touchdown before he even fell to the ground and um, lost the ball. So it was a full complete, it was a touchdown. Now, I've been, everybody's been saying it's an incomplete pass. No, sir, it's not. It's a full, he made a full, complete play had full control of the ball, and then he turned around and made a touchdown. So, New England wins again. The, the people look out for him. The upper management they want, they want Tom Brady. He's like baby Ron Brown to me. They're trying to make him look good because he's the cover boy of the NFL. That's why I got to say about it. 
Good well, God Almighty. If he is the cover well, boy of the NFL, I'm going to yeah. definitely sticking with college. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go but, ahead. No, no, you're all right, guys. But but here's the thing, right? Let's let's look at all the other sports. And, and Big T, you, you brought it up perfectly, you know. Um, in, in the NBA, you got you have LeBron James, who mm-hmm. seems to get um, plays called his way. Now in hockey, it's um, you know there there's so many different players um, that that also get the special treatment, and and that's not safe and that's not fair either. And and there's numerous of players uh, you have. Uh, Jonathan Taze, um, Patrick Kane, TJ Oshie. Um, you have um, the uh, Jabroni. Uh, I call him a Jabroni. The uh, Jabroni from uh, from Pittsburgh. Um, can never remember his name because I don't like him. Um, you have so many of those players that the rest, you know bend over backwards for the game, not fun anymore to, to watch. And, you know, the new England Patriots have definitely, um, have definitely been, been put in that, that, uh, that category. But, you know, me being a Niner fan, I'm a realist and we all know that the NFL definitely catered to the 49ers and Joe Montana back in the eighties. Yeah. Not much, and not as blatant, I don't think. If there was a questionable call, and there were a couple here and there, there's always going to be questionable calls. But the thing is, uh, they had the, a very oh, underrated defense. When you think of great defenses, they're not brought up because Montana and Rice and that great offensive line and Roger Craig, they were you know tearing up the lead. So there mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, but in any game, those are like I said, questionable calls. But you see a lot of blatant calls, and then there are just lots of them. Okay, what I guess was the biggest thing that irked me about the Steeler Patriot game, now that unfolded, was Monday night. Same thing, and then again, if you look back at the Super Bowl, uh, when they he went in. He was right with the runner. He broke the plane. Touchdown. And then, of course, against the Bills. He was a runner. Broke the plane. Touchdown. When Jesse James made him, turned around, headed towards the end zone, he's a runner. He, he was stumbling. At, he was a stumbling. But he was yet classified as a runner. So, there you have it. Well, right, gentlemen, and I agree with you. Um, we're going to take a quick song break here. Hopefully, uh, JJ can stay with us, and hopefully Big T from Extreme Sports can stay with us and and uh, tell us about his uh, new show that's uh, airing here on Radio AFS uh, three, three, three days a week. So uh, we'll be right back here on your morning cup of sports here on RadioAFS.com, DRCP Army, Fat Boy Media, Farmer Media. You got Trucker JJ. You got Big T from Extreme Sports. We'll be right back. Oh, we're on hold. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Hey, there you go, Dave. What's going on? 
I was going to say, I did report you for child abuse for getting up, making up. Hello. Are we back? <laughs> oh, I guess we're back. Well, you're there, and I'm here. Now all we got to do is shut Farmer down. All right, guys. This, what is going on? All right, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Guess what? Hey, what? We have the one and the only, I think he's still here, Mr. B. Evans. Are you with me? What's going on, guys? What's hey, up, baby Dick, what's going on? Well, Big T's your baby cakes, but I'll be the seer. <laughs> I uh, uh, no. individuals, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize I about you. injury. I um. You know, I went to the, I had to go to the bathroom. You know, and I, I like to wipe before I poop, and that was a mess. It was everywhere. Oh, oh, oh. oh my lord! So, uh, man, this, it, it, it's been a fun, almost a non-fuckery there, uh, the Evans, without you. I know people were kind of shocked that they thought I was gonna go fuckery on them because that's kind of what you do to me. But uh, you you can ask anyone here on the panel. I have been a good boy. Yes, he's, he's been. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. I, heard, I heard Big T mention LeBron James. I think I heard you mention LeBron James, and I'm like, wait a minute, what am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know, here, I, I'm going to talk a little basketball now, guys. I know. Hold the phone. We've been off the air. I've been off the air for almost a month. But I want to say 
that baby LeBron Braun was definitely fouled twice in oh, San Francisco yeah, yeah. playing Golden State. He was fouled. He was mugged. He should have – something should have happened there. Free throws, something should have happened. I believe that Kevin Durant got away with murder there. Uh, <laughs> It was a clean ass block. It was clean. It was a clean block. LeBron can get over himself. It was clean. No, I, for an, I'm not even a basketball person, guys, and I'm calling foul. He just, he just got too close to him. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. But you know what, gentlemen, for, for these four weeks that, that I've been um, on suspension, um, I just wanted to say I've been following a little bit more basketball, watching a little bit more hoops, staying in the paint, blocking out, and then doing some alley hoops and, and, uh, and some dunkers on people. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad sport, man. I, I, I'm starting to dig it. Okay. You know, Big T, I can't help but laugh like crazy, hysterically, when Farmer tries to talk basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, gentlemen, in all seriousness, I believe that LeBron James was followed twice by Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Kevin, we both know, guys. And we both know I have no stake for LeBron James and the Cavalier Browns or the Golden State Arches. We, we all know that, that I could give two fucks about either team. So when Fowler sees a foul, he's going to call a foul. And there was two fouls there, in my personal opinion. LeBron James. Foul looks like, but that looks like a foul. LeBron James is a very big, very fast, very strong player. He's very aggressive. He's very aggressive against players when when they're no match for him. But when you come up with players like Kevin Durant, who's tall, he's got an arm span the size of a fucking seven forty seven. LeBron James is going to look for every opportunity he can to try and beat him out. It was a clean block. He might have bumped his arm a little. Who gives a shit? It, all it is is LeBron can't beat Kevin Durant straight up. That game was down to the last few seconds. He was looking for an opportunity to win. He looked for he seen a chance to possibly draw a foul. That's all it was. But he didn't. He just he can't handle it. If you watch any game where LeBron's losing and he's if it's close and he's trying to come back, he's trying to get a foul every time. He's gonna try and call the bull. Isn't that the name of the game, though? Honestly, you know you're you're coming down. You want to get fouled so so you can shoot some free throws, right? That's the name of the game. Well, you want to get the fouls, yes, but stuff like that. When LeBron, I mean, it wasn't a foul, okay? And so if he's going to complain about it and everything, at least make it a, a more understandable foul. Uh-huh. I've seen oh. worse. I've seen worse. 
We have. I mean, we have seen a lot worse. And I'm sorry, but there was no way. And and that's how LeBron is, though. LeBron's got a bad problem with going and, I don't know, he just – he's very aggressive when he needs to be, but he's also – more he he's aggressive to the players that can't compete. He will run over all of them, but if he can't hold it up or if these guys can actually hold their own against him, players like Kevin DeGrant, then he's going to turn around, he's going to use every sensitive move that he can he can pull so that he can cry about something, try and get things his way. But isn't that how basketball is supposed to be, right? Uh, change uh, topic and start talking about Brady again because I missed that. That's what <laughs> like to talk about Brady. <laughs> I mean, I know jack about basketball, okay? When I was a kid and we were playing, I, I had a Kurt Rambis style. So you're going to have to make, do some research to figure that one out. So I'll generally just keep my mouth shut. But then again, then you brought the, the crybaby thing, and I just assumed you were talking about Brady again. <laughs> Holy hell, guys, look at it. It's actually JJ that's bringing football references and not me. Yeah, well, that's all right. I mean, no, go ahead and go on with that because, like I said, I'm, I know Jack. I've watched the video and, you know, I'm not well-versed in how they do things. So, you know, I'll just go with the collective and, no, I'm not. I'm just going to shut up. That's what I'm going to do. No, JJ, fuck the system. Like hey, Jay. Exactly however that works. That would not surprise me much. 
Now, as far as the defense side of the ball, you know, they're just going to change things up just a little bit, call it something else, and it's really going to be a non-issue. I mean, you're not he's not going to tell them anything other than maybe tendencies, which they're going to get from game film. I all know that Belichick and his crew are very good at studying game film. And with so drones. Do what? With drones. Well, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So hey, if hey, we do go, if they do make it that far, and we do get to go up to New England, you know, I I think I know we can be. We just got to execute on a few things, get Gronk under control, and if you take Gronk out, I don't think their receivers are anything other than NFL average. What do you all think? No, I agree with you on that. Okay. Well, like it wasn't meant to be a trick I do have to agree with you on that. But an average wide receiver with Tom Brady looks great. Exactly. So the thing is, he puts the ball where it needs to be. And, you know, that's what makes Brady Brady. That's why he's still in the league. You know. Correct. Now, now so. I'm not going to make I, – I, I am going to make this comparison. Um, and, and I'm going to use, you know, Brian and, and my San Francisco 49ers and, and our particular wide receivers. When you had a Brian Hoyer throwing the ball to a Marquise Goodwin or a Taylor or Kittles or, or Pierre or anything else like that, they looked subpar. When you had a C.J. Bethard or Bethard, throwing the balls, they, they they got elevated up a little bit. Now, when when you have a Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football on a dime, he makes those wide receivers look great. And Marquise Goodwin, Taylor, Kittles, and all those other guys, they're not great wide receivers. But when you have above average Maybe a franchise quarterback throwing dimes where these players can catch them, these wide receivers start looking great. And that is the same thing that Tom Brady does with the uh, New England Patriots is he puts the ball where only his wide receivers can catch them and no defensive player can get their hand on the ball. And that's the name of the game. Yep. That's what it makes it separates your good quarterbacks from your great quarterbacks, putting it where only your guy can get it. And I have another more generic question. It's uh, you know, a friend of mine was talking about. Concerning uh, fantasy football, do you think fantasy football has influenced the league in any way, shape, or form? No. Okay, we got one no. Big T, no, what's your thoughts? Phil, I got uh, that big, fantasy. Uh, big, big T actually decided he had to go run off and play with Big Buck Bale in the bedroom. So it's just oh, three well, of us right, right now. They're going to go make some more Redskin fans. Good. Right. Could be worse. They can make Niner fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, G. What, 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 what's your take on it, brother? Uh no, it does not. I I honestly do not 
believe that it does, but I know where you can be going with that too because you do have every year you've got your select players that just happen to run things no matter what. And so does the league influence is is the league influenced by fantasy football? No. Um no, I, I the I'm gonna bring it up. Is uh friend line we were chatting and got all the money being generated through fantasy football. If that were to get into the right hands and make the right decisions here and there, that that could be a something. I'm not saying it was. I'm just asking the question. So I thought, well, I'll get your guys' opinion on it and roll it from there. Well, well, JJ, if that was the case, sir, um, Ian Crowley, I believe is his name, which is the running back for the uh, Cleveland Browns, he's been giving me anywhere in between 20 to 25 points. So if that was the case, the Browns would be undefeated, sir. Yeah, wake up. But, you know, the thing is, the Browns are like a lot of your lower echelon teams. They'll get your your good players. They'll get their experience to crappy teams, and then we'll you'll go somewhere and we'll see exactly if they're really upper echelon NFL players or if they're just average. And we'll see how that works out. Okay, right. remember Garrison Hurst was with the Bengals. And he let it up there, but then when he where he go to Arizona shortly after that, he was solid. Because they had not made the uh, decisions on the offensive line that Cincinnati at that time were starting to make. So, unless your name is Jim Brown or Walter Payton, you need a very good offensive line to run the ball in the NFL. So, it'll be interesting to see. It's kind of like, you know, the guy we picked up from there, you know. He was working great until he broke his leg, and he didn't do bad last week. Right. So, they've got, so, uh, I mean, when you're drafting first or in the top three in the league for years upon years, you know, something's got to start changing for you because you're getting good players coming in and out of your doors. But that's upper management, and that's how I feel when teams have sucked for as long as certain teams have sucked. So, well, that was my question. That came up. There you but, go. But, 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 JJ, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, 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 I need to, you know, all because you're you're drafted the, the top five or, or top two, that doesn't make you the best player. And, and, and we have seen this time mm-hmm. and time again in the NFL draft. You know, let's, let's go case in point. I can't stand the midget. But, you know, let, let, let's go fourth-round draft pick Russell Wilson. Or let's go seventh-round draft pick in Tom Brady. Or let's go, right. you know, other draft picks that that have been taken in the third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh round to be dynamic players in the NFL. In my eyes, it does not matter where you are in, in the draft. I, I personally believe that, that the first-round draft picks are overhyped. They're, they're overhyped and they're overpaid. The only reason why they're that high up 
is because they do great in the combine. And I believe right. that if people are ranked based on their combine scores or combine, whatever it is, that is the shittiest way to grade people. And that's just how I see things. Because do, do I believe it, that Jared Golf was a number one draft pick? Maybe now, but back then, no. Or, or even Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz isn't a number two draft pick in the NFL draft. He played in the FCS. He didn't play anyone. But yet he won five national championships with uh, the North Dakota State. That doesn't make him a number two draft pick. You're crazy. You're high if you think that. And you're high if you think that every single person that, that the Browns pick up in the number one draft slot is the best pick in the league. Because if they were, the Browns would have numerous of championships and numerous of Super Bowl wins. Pete? Well, I think you pretty much hit the nail right on the head there, Farmer. I agree with you completely. Well, the thing is, is I still play most of that on upper management. I mean, yeah, I agree with you just because you're drafted in the top three rounds doesn't automatically make you an NFL superstar because some people just can't make the transition from college to pro. <laughs> but you see where I was going with that. You got just solid athletes coming in and out of, of, of an organization's doors, and you and you suck and stay sucking, that's upper management. So there I you go with that one. It, no, I, I wouldn't even blame it on, on upper management, sir. Um <laughs> And and, and 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 I know this is definitely a, a little different take on on, on me and and kind of on my stance here that, that that's been the morning cup of sports. But if you're calling it upper management issue, which is the owner or or general manager, I believe it, it's your it's your head coach. Which then yes, you you could blame the general manager and, and you could blame the owner, but you are a professional football head coach. You got there for a reason. Put the pieces together and, and, and devise a good plan. Well, you want to hear my argument for it and against it? Here it Tell is. Me. Ahead. We're, we're going to pick on Bill Belichick. They did not give him all the authority he wanted in, when he was with the Browns. And guess what? They sucked, but they got competitive. Okay. When he was there, I do believe that was in the late 90s when the Browns were roaring. And then they stopped roaring. Maybe that wasn't Belichick. I know he was with Cleveland for a while. They wouldn't give him the authority. And nothing major happened. He got the authority he wanted in New England, and things are happening. No matter what you think of them, they are an upper echelon. They, well, it's little team to beat AFC until somebody beats them consistently. Nobody. Well. Miami sort of beat them kind of consistently. <laughs> but there's just when certain teams are bad and, and just and then of course you have the Rams. Like where the hell did that come from? You know. Well, here they are. You know it's you know when when the Rams beat. Seattle two two weekends ago. I'm going to take it from from uh, Colin Hurd. He he said it the best, and I don't normally quote mainstream 
uh, news, not news, but mainstream sports. And I'm going to paraphrase here because, well, I don't have Colin Hurd's uh, approval to, to say what he said, but I'm going, to, I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit. That beating that the L.A. Rams gave to Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks looked like when Pete Carroll was getting ready to exit from USC. And why I say that is because when Pete Carroll was getting his butt handed to him at USC, two new quarter or two new um, head coaches, guys, came into the Pac-12. I know you guys probably don't follow much of the Pac-12, but since I live in Washington, I kind of follow it. Two new head coaches joined the league. One was a Jim Harbaugh coming out of Stanford. The second one was Chip Kelly, who came into Oregon. Pete Carroll was old. Pete Carroll's system was old. And you have these new kids, kids per se, new new guys, younger people, different game plans coming in into the Pac-12. And when Oregon ass-raped, I believe it was Oregon, Oregon ass-raped USC is exactly what it looked like when the L.A. Rams ass-raped the Seattle Seahawks. It's like replaying it all over again for, for Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's old. His team is old. His team is is garbage. But yet you have uh, new blood. You got new head coaches, such as the Rams head coach that that has a young stud as a, a quarterback and, and dynamic. You also have a, a new coach such as a – uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco with now what's to be believed to be the franchise quarterback there in San Francisco, such as a Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I don't foresee Jimmy Garoppolo probably being a franchise quarterback. I need more time to uh, to uh, take a look at it. But based on Pete Carroll's history back at USC and also the history for the Seattle Seahawks, I believe that the dynasty is over in Seattle and that it's time to rebuild and possibly time for Seattle to get rid of Pete Carroll. It could be. All right. B? The thing is What's your about day, Chuck Knoll is that what Chuck Knoll done in the 70s, he had great players and he was a good head coach. What Chuck Knoll was able to pull off in the early and in the 80s, when you had, I call it the roller coaster year for a reason. One year, we're got four wins. The next year, we're making the playoffs and making it look like, hey, the Steelers are back. Because, but he didn't have which any great players. I mean, you won't see anybody for the '80s Steelers teams in the old Hall of Fame. But on, a, you know, he was get motivated. That is definitely good coaching. So. That being said, that's you very well be right about Carol. Hey, hey, Dean, what, what's your take on that? B. I think he took a nap on. I believe he's uh, probably safety wiping. Well, all right, he's already being attacked by a sandwich maker. Which, of course, hey, go, be go. Holly, hold on, man. Get some, you know? 
But, you know, and, and that's kind of what being... Hi! Yeah! <laughs> it sounds like B.C. Evans had his microphone stolen by his one-year-old, which is awesome. Hey, all right, yeah. then. We'll teach him how to say, here we go, Steelers, here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, tiebreaker for uh, for an NFL record. Yeah. Yeah. Because this Sunday, Blake Bortles only needs 16,957 rushing yards against the Titans to become the NFL's all-time leading rusher behind Emmett Smith, or in front of Emmett wow. Smith. Wow. Yeah, so he only needs 17,000 more. Hey, get to it. Get some, son. Get some. So, well, based, I think well, based, on just, the, based on how the Niners made the Jags our bitch, I don't see that happening. Hey, I just want to say, since I got started late, go fucking 49ers, because Jimmy G was, I, and yes, I will admit it, I was skeptical. Here comes a man that's only played a couple of times in his career because he's been behind Tom Brady. Granted, yes, he won both games that he started, but either way, still skeptical. And I didn't like seeing C.J. Beathard get put down to a lower level, getting stepped down. But damn, man, Jimmy G is doing it great for us right now. He's looking good. He's, I think he's fitting really well with the 49ers scheme that we got. So I'm definitely looking forward to more of what we get to see from him next year. Man, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm always a skeptical person. I'm not ready to, uh, to uh, give him the nod yet. We'll, we'll see, B. You know, it, it's only a matter of time, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Jimmy G can uh, prove me wrong. Uh, but, uh, again, like I said, we'll see. Well, that's the thing is I, I'm still wondering. You know, I mean, it's still iffy. I mean, he's played four games. You know, that's not nothing to be proud of, and that's not saying, hey, he needs to be our starter. For He he should be, you know, we should slap him with the franchise. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot more that needs to be seen by him. But he's right. definitely off to a great start. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I won't take that away from him, and, and never will be, but, you know, Time will tell uh, about the uh, Jimmy G and, and Jimmy G in in San Francisco, man. Oh, I just want to, you know, it, it will only time will tell, sir. Absolutely, he's. But and that's the thing. I, I hope, you know, I I don't hope anybody has a bad career. That's just not cool. But I do hope that things work out for him with San Francisco. Um, you know, he's lived in Tom Brady's shadow for so long. Now it's his chance to come out and be like, look, dude, this is what I could do. You know what I mean? So, and obviously, you know, there's a, uh, obviously, you know, you can tell he's learned a lot from, uh, from Tom Brady over the years. You know what I mean? Oh, very true. Well, my man. Hey, I, I, I wish you could have joined. I wish I would have started the show sooner, but I got mixed up with AM and PM. Um, but, hey, at least we, we got on the air here. Uh, B, I want to wish you a very safe and happy new year. And I want to thank you mostly for uh, poking and prodding at me to uh, start this uh, morning show with you. 
man, I the thanks is all to you, man. I I thank you and appreciate the fact that you wanted to do the show. I've had so much fun doing this, and honestly, man, I couldn't I couldn't think of anybody else to do it with. Ah, shucks. But, hey, no, this is not us leaving for good, ladies and gentlemen. This is just us saying adios to 2017. And we will see you, your cream, your sugar of your morning in 2018. And, hey, B, what time is it, brother? Man, it is way too late for this shit. Brother, I couldn't agree more with you, but I'm over here on the west, and it is way too early for this shit. Ladies and gentlemen who listen to this, you know, non-live but in podcast form, thank you for supporting Radio AFS. Thank you for supporting DRCP Army. Thank you for supporting Fat Boy Media and for the new media site, Farmer Media. I want to thank every single one of you, one of you who have liked it, who's loved it, who has shared it, and who has liked our show and shared our show. Much appreciation, and we will see you in 2018. And here is your Radio AFS host. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.